like, what are my intentions for why I want these things?、Mm. And is there potentially some external validation? Am I still seeking my parents' approval? Am I trying to fill this void of acceptance in myself? Because when I was growing up, I never felt a sense of pride from my dad.、Mm-hmm. And so now I feel like I need to have all of these things because they t- determine my sense of self worth and my ability to accept who I am. And for most people, that's their reality. They have no idea why they have to work so fucking hard. And when you get them to sit down and confront those really hard pill questions to swallow, they're like, wow, like I, I've never like recognized this before.、Mm. Like, yeah, you know, most people wait till a midlife crisis or their deathbed、mm. to be like, what's my purpose in life? What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Before the Money. Just quickly before we jump into today's value, wherever you're listening to this, just locate that subscribe button, hit it, and make sure you're notified whenever we drop more gold on you guys. So, I'm excited for today's episode. As always, I'm sitting down with someone who has experienced a lot and is willing to share it with us. So, for that, I'm very, very grateful. So, the person I'm chatting with today is an ex pro bodybuilder in the WFF. Championships. She placed third in Australia while she was competing. She's a six figure woman mindset and performance coach, and she is well on her way to cracking the million dollar mark. She is the host of, I don't want to say the name of her podcast because it will give away the name of who I'm speaking with, but she's the host of a beautiful podcast that provides so much value, talks to incredible people. She is a speaker. She is soon to be an author. But above all, to be honest, guys, like, The big reason why she is on Before the Money today is because she, she's been through a journey. She's had to foster her own self awareness, and through that grueling process of really diving through the, the demons and the shadows of past experience and trauma, like we've all got it. She's been able to build herself up to this shining light of inspiration where her community and anyone just watching can follow her, I suppose you could say, Influence and, and she really opens the door for so many people to improve themselves. And she holds so much like beautiful space for people to, to grow and step into the life that they know they are capable of. So, before we go any further, I want to welcome to Before the Money Nikki Kassa. How are you? Hello, I'm so good. I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. I'm, I'm psyched you could be here as well. Welcome to the Gold Coast. <laughs> No,、Welcome. what the hell? I live here. I、um, went for a walk this morning and put up a photo on my Instagram and literally put the caption as, What the hell? I、mm. live here. This is my home. And I'm just so grateful to live here in Gold Coast. It's、yeah. just beautiful. It is. It is a beautiful spot. And like you've jumped around, you've tried a few different cities and stuff like that. And you just felt it was, it was time now to try coastal lifestyle. Yeah, I think every time I visited here, because when I used to do my bodybuilding, A lot of the pro shows are here in the Gold Coast.、Mm-hmm. And every time I visited, there was just something about being here、mm. that just made me feel so good the people, the weather, the lifestyle.、Mm. And it reminds me a lot of home back home in Adelaide.、Mm-hmm. So I was like, ah,、oh, there's just something so good about this place. And I was like, you know what? Why don't I just move here? And like the privilege of working online gives you the flexibility、yeah. and freedom to like get in a car and just. Traveling up, yeah. I, I was having, um, <laughs> I was having like a little bit of a 
what do you call it? like a daydream yesterday about just selling everything that I own and buying a bus and just because I'm like almost 100% digital as well. So, you know, we can just go and travel Australia because mm. I realized like we, I'm so eager to go and see the rest of the world and I've seen like fuck all of Australia. <laughs> yeah, and that's like the beautiful thing about working for yourself is mm. that you literally can create any life that you really want. Yeah. It's a great thing about having a business, right? 100%. That's yeah. why I love entrepreneurship. Now, uh, I've got a couple of rapid fire questions for us to kick off. Um, we kind of just dove straight into the flow, so I can I can tell it's already going to be a good episode. But if, actually, what is your dream holiday? No cost is not involved. Where is it? What do you do? How long is it? <gasps> I love this question already. Mm-hmm. Dream holiday? Um... I reckon I would want to go to Peru, Mm -hmm. go and do the Machu Picchu, the all the hikes and the trails around there. Go and do ayahuasca with some shamans. Mm -hmm. Go find a villa somewhere and integrate and be immersed in nature. I'd probably then want to go to. It feels like round trip mm-hmm. somewhere like Egypt. I haven't seen the pyramids, and I feel when we talk about like energy, like here mm-hmm. in Gold Coast or like coming going down to Byron Bay, you can feel the energy in certain yeah. places. And um, I could imagine going somewhere like Egypt, let alone seeing all the mm. the um, all the like the pyramids and all the architect and all the beautiful sites mm. and the culture. I, I just feel like energetically too, it would just be such a beautiful place. Yeah. Um, that would probably be all I've gotten to. And then maybe, I mean, if I'm in Peru, somewhere in Brazil, do some Rio, ayahuasca while you're there. <laughs> do, I'd probably, yeah, have a look at <laughs> some more plant medicine yeah. and yeah, expand your mind. Yeah, it's interesting. I was watching a thing on the pyramids um, not too long ago and it was a, a guy who took energy meters inside the pyramids and um, recorded the energy frequencies on all the different levels. Mm. And what he's kind of theorizing is that the different levels were used for different kind of spiritual things. So the middle level was actually a very healing fr- frequency. Like I'm not up to speed with all the lingo, but whereas the top was very actually distressing to be in because mm. the frequencies were so high and like distressing to the body. So like there are certain sections within the pyramids that are strategically place and like the king's chamber um, of the great pyramid which has soul shafts for the deceased to go out into orion's belt which was like the um, mythological story of the soul passing through heaven essentially actually was the most healing um, cavern in the entire pyramid because of where it's located and stuff like that so they're very very intelligent people so intelligent sometimes i look back and think how although we've advanced so much and evolved as a species, Mm. it makes you think that the type of technology they had back then, Mm -hmm. where it went, like the access that we just don't have, Mm. especially as modern-day men now in first world countries. So it makes you really scratch your head and wonder where in history they were advancing so much as Mm. civilization and then something 
something changed. Yeah. Mm. Like these were meant to be rapid fire questions, but <laughs> this this is a topic that lights me the fuck up. Like Great the thing attention. is like <laughs> intuition, for instance, like is mm. a superpower that we've let lapse in most people. But there are ways in which you can cultivate your intuition and get more in tune with like the, I suppose, the unconscious communication of the world essentially and that's just scratching the surface on what they would have had there's so many people that theorize that they could have had telekinetic powers because the way that they built these advanced Mm. structures there's just no possible way it just plunked out of thin air the way they did this stuff yeah, they still are like scratching their heads to mm-hmm. figure out how they were able to get such precision mm-hmm. in the way they placed the pyramids too. When they look at the sort of like the meridian point of the body, but to the earth yeah. and the preciseness of how they were able to do that. Mm. And they scratch their head wondering like, how did they have the technology if they weren't as advanced mm. civilization? Like, no, they were way more <laughs> advanced than we yeah. were. Like um, aligned to tr- like true north and like the pyramid is exactly a multiple of 43 to the actual dimensions of the entire earth and like that's just something like egypt's just one place there's pyramids all over malta there's like things in peru like you were saying there's this stuff in turkey like Gobek- mm. gobekli tepe have you heard about that no this i don't know why we're going here but i love <laughs> this shit right so gobekli tepe is um one of the most recent ones that they found like the last like six seven years And essentially what it is, it was this huge complex of like 40 or something little um, caverns that make up this huge hill. And what it was, it was a time capsule. So each one of these caverns has pillars, like massive stone pillars, tens of tons each that have inscriptions of like iconography, telling stories and things like that. So much stuff is associated with specific time periods where, and they can align these time periods by astronomical alignment so where all the different um zodiac signs were in the sky Mm. in relation to earth and what it was is essentially it was like a retelling of an apocalypse that brought the human species down to less than a thousand people in a series called the younger dryas which is about a thousand years of just relenting um asteroid hits floods fires like the oceans rose um, one third above the height that they were at the time. We lost like 40% of um, the uh, the world's landmass because it was covered by ocean that got was melted ice. And like mm. the a lot of these structures showed up just after the end of the Younger Dryas and they all have depictions or warnings, I suppose, of what happened. Like where in the sky that these... Um, comets came from which is a media stream called the torrid media stream and we pass through it twice a year every single uh, every single year twice a year we pass through it and that was the um, comet stream that killed the dinosaurs it was a common stream from the younger dryas mm. it's impacted the world so many times over the millennia but all these different structures all around the world all point back and were built at that same time 12,500 years ago and it's so isolated in terms of technology because they pop up in these hunter-gatherer civilizations. And they all talk about this 
um, people called like the Kukukaiathal, which are like the bringers of civilization, which were like gods that came by sea after years of <laughs> torment, which then taught hunter-gatherers how to farm, how to like build religions, how to build politics, laws, all this kinds of stuff. Interesting. And this same myth is in like it's in the Egyptians, it's in Peruvians, Turkish, like even in um, Polynesia, which is like one of the oldest like human bloodlines. It's in the Australian Aborigines. Like it's all across the world in these nations that never communicated. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> second question. <laughs> what the hell? You can't just do that. You can't just like drop that bomb and then be yeah. like, anyways, moving on now. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, I could talk about it for a three hour podcast. <laughs> Honestly, I, I love it so much because what it says to me is that like the like structure that we've built up in our society is not the be all and end all it's just been a way for us to be controlled in lots of ways Mm. and i feel this is just probably my anarchist inside me that we have been strategically dumbed down to our abilities as human beings in so many different ways whether that just be your mindset and like fear mongering or down to like the extreme end of this like spectrum where we might, as humans, be able to have telekinetic powers. Like, I, I know personally people that can speak with entities. Like, I know them on a personal level. Mm. So, I know there's people out there that have yeah. these abilities. And I think, like, in an essence of the work that I do, it's actually teaching my clients that. Mm-hmm. And that they might not think that they have the potential to do something like that, to have the ability to... Um, talk to people on a frequency level like Mm -hmm. dolphins can for example Mm -hmm. but it's helping them to tap into things like their intuition Mm -hmm. most people don't trust themselves to make their own decisions and like that's a pretty big problem because Mm -hmm. now they don't actually have power of a free will and they look to other people Mm -hmm. or higher authority to tell them how to live their lives and Mm -hmm. so they're not actually living their own lives now they're just in the the i guess like the hamster wheel of doing what everyone else has done it's called mimetic desire. So mm. they look to the world around them for what everyone else desires and they mimic mm-hmm. what's expected of society's conditionings and agreements for what is normal mm-hmm. and accepted upon. Another word of this is like the Matrix, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, that movie was like freakishly accurate. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, if, you, if you've seen the movie, you'll recognize like it's more of a documentary than mm-hmm. a movie, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. That's why you know Tom Billy. Yeah. Yeah. So he's absolutely in love with that, and he speaks about it at length, <laughs> and it just makes perfect sense because it's like we are kind of sold this facade. And like I was even having a conversation with my girlfriend yesterday when we went for a walk, like because we went camping over the weekend, and we just completely disconnected from like mm. my society, like technology, all this kind of stuff. And then we were just kind of sitting there, like actually, like you don't need all this stuff, mm-hmm. like. We don't need to buy the things that our subconscious is telling us we need to buy because we've seen it somewhere. Like, I don't, my business doesn't need to be at a certain figure. Like, I don't need to be doing all these kinds of stuff. Like, it really reminded me how happy and fulfilled you can be just being present Mm. and being alive. Yeah, I really like that. Mm. And I think this is what I tell my clients to do. I'm like, go on a think week. (laughs) Go on a think week. And if anyone's listening and they're like, what's a think week? Essentially, you go out in the middle of nowhere, ideally somewhere that doesn't have your 4G, 5G tower networks, Mm -hmm. and even bonus if they don't have Wi-Fi there, um, 
Is that from an energetic perspective or just EMFs. purely to disconnect? Yeah. EMFs. Yeah. Well, yeah, disconnect because if okay. there's Wi-Fi and you've got TVs and laptops and this and that, like yeah. you're going to have more temptations to be like, oh, you know, just put it on for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Right? And it breaks the p- purpose of the intention, which is to disconnect so you can reconnect with mm-hmm. yourself, right? Um, but also from like an EMF perspective mm-hmm. too as well. So like allowing yourself to, to really ground mm-hmm. into nature and let go of any stagnant or stored energy mm-hmm. that might be like um, negative in the body. Mm-hmm. And um, by doing that, like a lot of people have this um, like report back to me like, yeah, but I get so bored. Mm-hmm. I'm like, funny that, funny that two, three, four hundred years ago, what do you think people did every day? Mm-hmm. They didn't have TikTok, Instagram, <laughs> Wi-Fi, TV, yeah. Facebook, Uber Eats, Uber Eats. like <laughs> yeah. they didn't have access to like abundance of books and education and podcasts mm. and all of these things that we're able to consume on a daily basis. And as soon as we begin to slow down and mm. even just for like half a day, like some people have brain aneurysms, like they go mm. crazy that they're so bored. Their nervous systems are so used to constantly taking on mm. this stream of stimulus and mm. most of it isn't actually benefiting them or helping them to live a happy, expansive life. Mm. It's doing the opposite. Yeah, 100%. Like I felt that heavily yesterday because I just had one of those days where I was in overwhelm. So I had eight tasks that I was doing at once <laughs> and got none of them done because <laughs> I was just like in a state where I don't know where what it was like spurred on from it was just oh all this stuff has to be done like right now so i'm going to try and do all of them at the same time and then it just made me stressed and then i found myself like picking up my phone so i had to put my phone in another room just because it was like an escape for all this overwhelm of all these things i had to get done so when i just like left and like in that instance although it's very hard to do i would have been much better off just taking myself to the beach to be honest because I wasn't productive, but I just stressed myself out all day. Yeah. So I would have been better off just going to the beach. Yeah. But I find it so mm-hmm. hard to give myself time off. Mm. You know? Do you feel guilty for having time off? I don't know if guilt is the... Oh, there's, there's probably an element of guilt there. But it's more so just like... Hmm, I'm going to have to marinate on that one. Mm, have a think about that one. Yeah. I don't know what the feeling is. It's just... Ever since I started my business, like it's actually been from earlier than that, but I started my first business in like proper business in grade nine. And ever since then, it's like I just have felt like I've sold myself the entrepreneurial hustle of like every waking moment you have to be building, you know? And I, that's the story that keeps coming mm. up for me. So maybe it's coming with a little bit too much pressure mm-hmm. to meet the standard for what hustle looks like. Mm. Yeah, definitely lots of pressure mm. I put on myself. Yeah. I thought you're human. I think we all do, right? I do it as yeah. well. 100%. So I'm going to scrap the other questions. <laughs> we like, <laughs> we've just gone. But, and, and we got beautiful. Yeah, rapid fire. That's hilarious. Uh, we got a nice flow. So you've just kind of finished telling me, you know, last week you, your business um, brought in, was it 63,000? That's not something that happens overnight. So I want to... I want to dive back into the building of Nikki. What were you like in high school? What was your mindset like? Like you're always ambitious because I know being a bodybuilder and stuff requires a lot of discipline and consistency. So talk us through the the foundation of you. 
Yeah. So I'm wondering whether I might be able to tell you my favorite travel story. Please. Seeing yeah. as we started our podcast that way, kind yeah. of. So, you know, when you're like 18 and you're just having like the party time of your life mm -hmm. and and it's all about like drinking and fun and zero consequences and life's just good. And like you want to go party somewhere. Mm. Like the one place you probably want to go to is like Bali, right? <laughs> so I traveled to Bali and this was five years ago, back in 2017. So I was about 21 at the time. And I went with six of my friends at the time. And we went to this beautiful island called Gili T. Oh, yeah. Have you heard of that one before? Uh, a friend of mine owns like a villa there. Yeah. It's so paradise. Like the water is like tropical, mm. sea to the bottom. Like it's it's a dream spot you want to mm. go if you want like paradise. And we had this villa that was like two story, looked like a mansion. And we had our private wait staff. So we had staff that would come to mm. this villa and they would bring you anything you wanted. Like no request was out of the ordinary because the hospitality in yeah. um, Indonesia is so good. Like they bend over backwards to make you feel like royalty there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got, a, you've got a pocket full of money. Like they treat you like a king or in my case, like a queen. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're ordering like bintangs and mushroom cocktails at one point and that was one thing i was like mushroom you know what cocktail? yeah i was like that's like one psychedelic mushroom cocktails yes Sick. it's the one thing yeah. i decided i didn't want to do though okay because if there's any place you don't want to get caught with mushrooms yeah, exactly. it's bali so i was pretty content just having my bintangs and living my best life vibing mm. it up and um, like life's kind of funny because, you know, when you're traveling and you think you got it all figured out, I'd been to Bali eight times previously. Mm -hmm. So I thought I knew the area really well, spoke a little bit of the language, a little bit of the lingo. And um, yeah, I thought I was like very street smart, mm -hmm. very wise. And when I was in Gili Tea, my, my drink got spiked. Interesting. And so, you know, when like you have, a, you know, if there's anyone listening that's ever done drugs in the past, like a trip lasts between like, what, like three, depending on what you take, three mm -hmm. and like 10 hours, 12 hours max. Because of the paranoia that I was feeling, not knowing yeah. where my drink had been spiked, yeah. wasn't my choice, like, was it the wait staff? Was, was it my it? friends? Yeah. What was it? How do I like deal with this? Mm -hmm. I became really paranoid and I got stuck or like trapped mm -hmm. in psychosis. And so I stayed stuck in this trip for three days. Really? What did that, like, could you describe what that felt like? It was as if your thoughts were involuntarily happening. You had like no control over them. Mm -hmm. and they all just felt really scary. <laughs> mm -hmm. It was like you thought you were seeing things, but you weren't quite sure if there were things that were actually there. Mm -hmm. And when I tried to confront my friends to tell them how I was feeling, they were like, you're fine, you're crazy. And so when you feel like you're going crazy and then someone says you're crazy, it amplifies it, mm -hmm. right? And so I didn't know what was going on. And in that state of paranoia, I stopped drinking uh, I stopped eating mm -hmm. and I couldn't sleep. 
because I was so worried that I was going to get, you know, abducted or like hurt. Mm-hmm. And um, of course, that combination of those three things made it even worse. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the trip, these friends that I thought were my friends and that would take care of me when I needed them the most said to me, Nikki, you're ruining this holiday. You need to leave this villa or we will. And so I just looked at them and I was like, I don't even know who you guys are anymore. Like, do you think I want to feel this way? I want to have fun too. And um, I said, okay, like take me to a hospital where like I I don't feel okay. I don't know what's going on. I think my drink has been spiked. Mm. I was dragged there. I was left there with my passport and I never saw them again, ever. To this day, I haven't seen them since then. And I woke up in a psych ward and I was in clothes that I didn't recognize and I was covered in blood. Your blood or? I don't know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Did you say crazy. this was your best holiday? Or? Yeah. So. Okay. You're probably like, what the hell, Nikki? Yeah. <laughs> this is supposed to be your favorite Is that your kind story. of thing? Like. <laughs> The reason why it's my favorite travel story is because... Yo, so I just checked our statistics, right? It's not something I do very often, but I was blown away. Our subscriber base has exploded over the last few months. So I want to thank all of you who have clicked that subscribe button. You show up to the episodes every single week. You support, you participate, and you take action for yourself. And for all of you who haven't subscribed yet, you want to be part of the club, go ahead and locate that button on whatever platform you're listening to this on. The subscribe button is usually pretty bright. If you want to be notified every time we drop a valuable episode and while you're on a roll, why don't you go ahead and leave behind a five-star rating. Let us know we're producing value because we're going to continue showing up and doing our thing every single week, bringing on high-value guests and sharing unordinary stories of how they got there. So if you're an action taker and you don't want to miss out on an opportunity to gain valuable knowledge that's going to propel you towards your success, go ahead and click that subscribe button and let's get stuck back into this episode. After Bali, I I took some really hard, like, lessons that I had to look at in myself. Mm-hmm. The first one being that if those were the type of people I was hanging out with, what did that say about me? Mm-hmm. And I looked in the mirror, literally and symbolically, and saw who I'd become. The partying, the escapism, the unconscious behaviours... And I was really ashamed of who I was. And like, I thought I was going to die in in Bali. Mm. Like I wrote a letter to my dad saying, I'm sorry, I'm such a disappointment. I love you. And like, I thought I was going to die. And um, like that kind of changes someone Mm -hmm. (laughs) when you reassess reassess your whole life and come to terms with the lack of impact you'd created, the unfulfilled desires, the unfulfilled potential, the way you treated people, the way you treated your body, yourself. And um, like I asked for a second chance. Mm. And so after that had happened and, you know, I sort of like prayed to like the higher God or whatever you want to call it for a second chance and I came back to my body, I was sort of like, okay, like it's, I've got two choices here. And like in life, all we do have it, all we do have is our choices. Mm-hmm. It's like I can choose to say the same and be a victim of my past and still hang out with these friends and pretend like nothing happened, or I can change my life. Mm. 
And that's often the scariest part as well, like going away from our tribe or our community, like even if it's not serving us can be terrifying because it's like stepping into the unknown, stepping out into the darkness alone for a while until you can navigate to another tribe. All right, guys, we're just going to reset the camera real quick. Talking about tribe. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I love how you've put such a positive spin on that because it would have been very easy for you to hang on still to this day with resentment. It's like, oh, I can't believe those people abandoned me and blah, 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 blah. Like, I'm a good person. Like, it'd be very easy for you to hold on to that story. Mm-hmm. But I can see that the foundations of what you've become was really apparent in just your ability to separate yourself from outcomes and look at things and choose the story you wanted to tell yourself essentially. So what happened in say like the weeks, years, months following that when you decided, okay, I'm not happy with the impact that I've had. I'm not happy with the way that I've, you know, abused my potential. What now? Yeah. So... I um, decided to find something mm-hmm. that would make me feel a like big sense of self-worth. After what happened, I was feeling really ashamed. I was like really disappointed in myself. And like we all know when your dad's disappointed, it's like the worst feeling mm. in the world. So I was like feeling that towards myself, um, really depressed. And I needed something. I needed an outlet to make myself feel good again, especially mentally. Mm-hmm. So... I went into bodybuilding and it was really, really empowering for me because it felt like I was able to gain back a lot of my strength and just like believe in myself and have something again that I was able to able to work towards that wasn't like, you know, having as many beers as I can on mm. a bender Thursday or Sunday, like something that was actually worthwhile and fulfilling. Yeah. So I went into that and I did pretty well. Like I went pro competed three times, went pro in the WBFF Mm -hmm. and then competed as a pro, came third in Australia. So I did well in the bodybuilding world, Mm -hmm. but unfortunately like bodybuilding is such a severe sport that it opens you up to things like eating disorders, (laughs) body dysmorphia, Mm -hmm. particularly if you have any predisposition to Mm self-sabotage or – trauma in your past it can re-trigger mm-hmm. things like eating disorders so it's quite huge in the industry mainly because i see it from the women that i work with post show not to mention neurologically what's happening in the body after spending 20 plus weeks in survival mm-hmm. because you're in such extreme amounts of caloric deficit mm-hmm. so it's quite damaging to the body and um it sort of took its toll on me and I got to the end of the competition journey and I went, fuck, like I've got an insane body, all these shiny trophies, um, all these followers on Instagram, like what do I really have to show for it? Mm-hmm. And something was just missing. And so I went to this personal development event one day called Landmark Forum mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it was – so transformative. It's quite funny because I had a uh, 12-week build your booty program <laughs> planned at that time. Yeah. Went into the personal development event, came out, and I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to build people's booties. I want to build their brains. Mm. <laughs> it was quite quite funny how I 
very much switched because I knew after what happened in Bali, like I wanted to change my life, but I just didn't quite know like how to do it Mm -hmm. and what needed to change for me to really find my purpose. And so doing personal development allowed me to really recognize things like my identity, my purpose, things like that, Mm -hmm. instead of looking for it in the external world, like bodybuilding or my business, I was able to turn inwards and really work out what truly mattered to me. Mm -hmm. And since being able to explore that in particular identity, because I certainly had no idea who I was when I was competing and I Mm -hmm. thought it came from my body and these shiny object syndrome things. Mm -hmm. When I found who I was, I was like, fuck, like this is so empowering and I can teach this to other people. Why not? Mm. Like who says I can't? So I got certified in as my, as sorry, I got, what did I get? I studied my mind body practitioner diploma. So mm-hmm. I got a diploma as a mind body practitioner and then went online, left the gym, left personal training and now I change people's lives instead of their bodies. Mm. <laughs> And what has been like the, I suppose, was there limiting beliefs for you transitioning into something like this? Because like when you're, say, for instance, building a course of teaching someone how to build their booty, right? That's something you've, you're validated in, you've got, you know, um, expertise in, you've done it yourself, you've got your own results, like your audience knows you for Mm. having that ability. Huge. Was there narratives that were playing for you when you were making that transition or were you just certain? Yeah, huge. So yeah. I went through a big identity complex yeah. when I initially started to learn more about personal development because so many people had looked up to me as an influencer at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. And even that word kind of helps you to recognize like the the journey that bodybuilders can have. Mm-hmm. It's like you are influencing women to look a certain way whereas what I do now in this job that I have I prefer to think of myself as a thought leader Mm. rather than an influencer so I'm not influencing people to do anything I might inspire them to change their lives or start their own inner work journey Mm -hmm. but I'm getting them just to think differently and really actually take control of their consciousness right Mm -hmm. whereas when I was making that transition and shift I was like whoa there is so much pressure that I'm feeling now to uphold Mm -hmm. this identity and standard that a lot of people follow me for Mm -hmm. but the thing is like of course people follow you because that's all you've ever portrayed yourself to be Mm -hmm. so as soon as you just decide to be who you want to be eventually two things will happen people will unfollow you which will then create space for more people who actually do value you and what you have to give in this world. Mm. So you might lose clients, but that's okay. Mm. But you just create space for more people. And like I noticed as well, the people who only unfollowed me were mainly men. (laughs) And I was happy for them to go because I knew that they were probably only following me for what I could show them Mm -hmm. rather than what I could maybe like inspire within them or educate them on, Mm -hmm. things like that. So I was quite happy with the trade-off but initially I had this complex around my identity of like who am I Mm. like if I'm not this WBFF pro who am I Mm. and um, I did a a a healing ceremony and it helped me to recognize why I felt this identity dissociation that a lot of people struggle with a lot Mm. of people look to their job 
they look to their body, they look to their success, their money, mm-hmm. their material possessions, their PhDs mm-hmm. to tell them who I, who they are. But the thing is, like, none of those things are a s- none of those things make up the true form of who we are, right? We're not a human doing. Mm, we're not a sh- exactly. We're <laughs> not a human having. Yeah. We have jobs, but it's not who we are. Yeah. We go and travel. We have money, but what happens is if we start to associate our identity as being those things, I mean, we see it happen with celebrities most of them become severely depressed and some of them take their lives. They have all the fame, they have all the success, they have all the money, they do all these gigs, they're on TV, they have and do everything that we look up to as a society as success and yet why did some of them still take their lives? And like we'll never know the real complex nuanced reason why Mm. but generally you can make an assumption that they're just not happy. And so they're not being happy. They're not mm. being the, the person that they want to be because they've become so dependent on, they became so dependent on what they do and have mm. to fulfill this void within. Yeah, that's powerful. And like, that's one thing that I've been reflecting on a lot recently within my own life. It's like, yes, it's all well and good to have the financial freedom and all this kind of stuff and to be able to live and, you know, experience life for what it has to offer but one thing that i've been reflecting on in my life is at what cost am i doing that like Mm. it is it is possible for me to strive for success and be on this entrepreneurial journey without compromising what makes me human at my core and i feel like that's a dance that i've been losing the last couple of years Mm. and that's why success has never like been consistent for me like I've had big wins and then somehow find a way to get rid of it. And I've it's been like just a long journey of me breaking down, okay, well, why do I want success? Because in the past, I've been like bouncing from idea, 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 whatever's making me money at the time because I was valuing the success, quote unquote, more than the journey. Mm. But because I didn't know what my purpose was, I feel like now I'm getting clearer and this podcast has had a huge contributing factor towards that because as I'm having these conversations, I'm really turning a mirror back on myself in lots of ways and I get to have a mirror in all different shades and shapes with all the different guests I get to converse with. So this has been like my therapy in lots of ways. It's helped me really regain Mm. like what my values are and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and the thing about therapy is that you don't need to go to a shrink Mm -hmm. or psychologist in order to have these types of conversations. And that's why I love the work that I do because a lot of women that come to me, Mm. you know, like my parents probably have no idea what I actually do. On Either do mine. <laughs> <laughs> no clue. And they think it's like, let's all just like yeah. be happy and yeah. love each other. <laughs> and like, to be honest, I don't mind that. I've yeah. spent so many years trying to seek their validation what I do. Whereas now I'm like, if that's what you think I do, that's mm. great. Mm-hmm. Like, I do make people yeah. really happy. Um, it's better that than, you know, what you think I might have been doing six years ago, right? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, a lot of women that come to me, they think that it's sort of just like life coaching, And like to a degree it kind of is, but it's not just talking about like mindsets 
like the thing is mindset's not everything. So just giving you like mindset tips only does so much. You really do need to go back into the past and look at childhood blocks that you do have. Mm -hmm. And so like when you talk about like this being your trauma space, like it allows you to sit with yourself and dive deep and look at yourself and go like, what are my intentions for why I want these things? Mm. And is there potentially some external validation? Am I still seeking my parents' approval? Am I trying to fill this void of acceptance in myself? Because when I was growing up, I never felt a sense of pride from my dad. Mm -hmm. And so now I feel like I need to have all of these things because they determine my sense of self-worth and my ability to accept who I am. And for most people, that's their reality. They have no idea why they have to work so fucking hard. And when you get them to sit down and confront those really hard pill questions to swallow, they're like, wow, like I, I've never like recognized this before. Mm. I'm like, yeah, you know, most people wait till a midlife crisis or their deathbed mm. to be like, what's my purpose in life? Why mm. am I doing what I'm doing? Like, why am I here? So what would that process look like? If we go back to kind of identity, how, because it's, it's a long process, it, rains, it needs consistency. How would someone approach that topic of really getting down to the crux of their identity, their values, all that kind of stuff? A really good question you can begin to ask yourself is, if you could have anything in this life and you knew you couldn't fail, like what would be everything that you'd want to have in let's say five years time from now? Mm. And like I'd encourage everyone listening to actually do this as an exercise, like write this down either on a piece of paper or in your notes in your phone. Mm -hmm. Like what would be everything you would want in your heart of all hearts if there was nothing to hold you back, no limitations, no restrictions, mm. no time, no money, nothing. Just write, write down mm. 10 things, go. Yeah. And then go through that list so if you're still writing, pause the podcast, go through that list and cross out everything that you do and have. And then just figure out, well, have I actually even got anything left over? That's a really good place to start because most people, again, they have so much clarity on everything they want to do and have, but no sense of direction on who they want to be. And so if you look at why we need to determine why that's important, it's because everything that you have in your life is a product of who you are right now. Mm -hmm. And so in order to create a new experience, a new life, new dreams, new goals, and to potentially for what most people want is just to move away from what they're currently doing, like you need to know who you need to be to get there. So for example, like with friendships, in my case, I knew that if I kept being the same person, I was going to keep attracting really shitty friends. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the saying of you become the average of the top five people you spend the most time with, unless you change, you're going to keep attracting the same type of friendships. Mm -hmm. And so most people say, oh, I want to have really good friendships. I want to have friends that I can talk to about personal development and podcasts and healing. And it's like, yeah, but is that something that you honor in yourself? Do you feel like you can speak mm. your truth when it comes to those things? Or do you hide what you really care about because you're worried your friends might judge you or think you're crazy? Do you talk about the pyramids and, and aliens and all these things that you might be really cool and interested in? Yeah. Or do you worry about people's judgment? And so, of course, you're only going to continue to attract those level of friendships because who you're being down to your core, either A, you don't know who that is and you're scared to express it, 
or B, you know, and you're scared that you're going to get judged by the people around you. So what happens when you realize who you are and who you want to be? The byproduct is that you can do and have any of those things, but they become almost like they almost you become a magnet to attract those things because it's a state in which of who you are. It's like the universe doesn't give you what you want. It gives you what you deserve. Mm -hmm. So unless you're trying to think of creating a new version of you or potentially just undoing all the beliefs that you have about who you need to be or who you think you should be, you're just going to keep attracting the same thing. Hmm. Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Does that make sense? That makes, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Um, And a lot of times as well, like, when we look back at how we spend our day, a lot of the time it isn't a reflection of the the kind of things that we want in our life. You know, like you were just saying, like there have been times where I have been super inconsistent with how I show up in friendships and like in relationships and then I've kind of wondered why they've fizzled out is because, well, you haven't given them any water. Mm. You know what I mean? You haven't given them any nutrients. Mm. And it's the same with the knowledge. Like if you want to be, say, an expert in marketing, you've just got to be watering those parts of your life. You just get around the people, the mindsets and things like that. That's why I find personal development as a whole with the right people is super powerful because when I step into that room with you and Morgan and all that kind of stuff, my wildest dreams are so accepted. So therefore, I fully embody them. Yeah. And I don't have to defend them in any ways because they are allowed to be what they are. And with a good environment, you have the same kind of thing in just a friendship group, you know, when you choose the right people to spend your time with and like not just um, physically spend time with, but what you listen to and all that kind of stuff as well plays into who you hang around. Then you really can kind of brainwash yourself into certain levels of belief Mm. in, in lots of ways, you know? Yeah. And that's the thing, like when you look at brainwashing yourself into certain beliefs, a lot of the people that we, and not just people, but the environments we hang out with as well, are only reinforcing the things that we don't want. Mm -hmm. And so we're like hyper fixated on all the things we're trying to move away from. And it's sort of like getting in a taxi and being like, he goes, where do you want to go? And you're like, anywhere but here. Mm. And your taxi driver's like, yeah, but like, where do you want to go? And you're like, just not here. Like, not these friends, not this job, like, not this depression, like, not this money I'm not earning. It's like, yeah, but what do you want? Where do you want to go? And unless you kind of know that and know what rooms you need to be in, Mm. know the type of people you need to hang out with, know the changes you need to make, then like, you'll go anywhere and you probably won't get what you actually Mm. want. But on that note as well, if you don't know where to go, just start moving. Mm. You know, the amount of times that I've been in certain events or done certain businesses or bought certain books and with the intention of like, yeah, this is going to be cool. But then I had the self-awareness to go, well, actually, no, this isn't for me. But now I know that. Mm. Whereas before I didn't know that. And like it just takes like I've, I've left certain personal development events just purely because my intuition was going, you know, this isn't this isn't the influence that you need mm. in your life. And it was uncomfortable for me to get up and walk out because everyone's looking at, at looking at me like, oh, he couldn't hack it. And I'm like, well, I'm just self-aware. Mm. Like, um, but it takes being 
uncomfortable and trying the things, especially in a state of unknowing, like where you're wanting to go, Mm. who you are, all that kind of stuff. It's trial and error. And that's often the most scary part because most people have the fear, if I get up right now and walk out this room and do something different that everyone else is doing, I'll be seen as the Mm. rebel. I'll be seen as the outcast. I'll get chastised. But the thing is, like, unless you're able to let go of the fear of doing what everyone else is doing, like, you will never have, like, free will to make your own choices. So it's sort of like what happened with me at Bali. After the friends that I had, after that experience, I didn't have any friends at all. You know, and, like, moving to Sydney, I also had this mentality of, like, I'm not here to make friends (laughs) and, like, close myself off to that. But I knew if I wanted to do the work and changing my life, I had to completely step away from what everyone else was doing. I had to be willing to risk that people were going to chastise me, that people were going to be like, oh, you know, she couldn't hack it and she Mm. couldn't um, get over it or whatever. So sometimes it means like letting people judge you and letting people misunderstand you because – like when you're able to follow your intuition and do what is right for you, like that's all that really matters. Mm. Is there a point that that, um, how would I say it? Like I saw something on your Instagram. It was, it was a little little far down. It was a post where you were essentially screenshotting and posting comments on like nasty comments mm. on one of your posts. How did you cope with that? What's like the kind of, narrative like within your like self-dialogue essentially to get through that yeah so the post that you're referring to was a screenshot of hate comments that just for context for anyone listening um hate comments that was posted on a reel that I put up and um I was like half like sort of just like essentially just moving my body (laughs) and people were bullying me saying who does she think she is she's not a doctor lecturing us about triggers Mm. and do I need to wear a crop top to understand, right? Like really just silly, hateful comments. In the past, whenever I got hate comments, it destroyed me. I, especially when I was bodybuilding, Mm -hmm. I had this idea that like everyone had to like me because if people didn't like me, it would mean that I was unloved and it would remind me of what it felt like to be unloved as a child. So for anyone who's out there that hates bullying and gets really triggered, it's probably because you've got a fear that it means you're not lovable, which is just not true at all. Mm-hmm. It's just people that are going through their own their own shit, really. So going through my studies as a practitioner, I started to learn a lot about psychology and why people go through their own um, complex issues that they don't heal And it becomes much easier to project it onto other people than to sit with their own pains and wounds and actually heal them. So it's like the saying of like, hurt people, hurt people, Mm -hmm. right? So when I receive those comments now, my first instinct is, wow, like that person must be going through a really hard time right now and they probably need a lot of love and compassion. Mm -hmm. I'm not able to give them love, but I can give them a lot of compassion. And so I can respond in really kind, loving ways. I don't need to buy into what they're sharing right now because then from their perspective, it gives them the power. 
So I gain my power back by not letting their words have an effect on me. As soon as they do, they've won. Mm. So like a bully only really has power when you let them. Otherwise, it's just words. Right? Well, I think that was a, a beautiful way to kind of round this episode up. Um, so before I ask one last question, Nikki, thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, your experience for being part of this with me. It was awesome. Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs> and um, all her links and stuff like that will be in the show notes below. Um, I'm just trying to think what I want to ask you last. Okay. I think you might have an interesting one for this. So if you could have a billboard somewhere that the entire world sees it, what would it have on it? <gasps> That's such an interesting question. Mm. I love it. Real quick, before we wrap up the show, I want you to think back to a point in today's episode where you had that aha moment, where you got absolute certainty. You're like, I know exactly what I need to do now moving forward. And then I want you to remember how you found out about this show. Was it on someone's story? Was it a conversation with a friend maybe? Then I want you to go ahead and pay it forward. Because the way that the law of reciprocity works is that by introducing someone to something of value, they will always equate you with that value. Now, you guys know I don't run ads to this show. Everything is grown 100% organically, word of mouth. Now, if you want to play a part in the growth of this show, bigger guests, better stories, more content, and you want to gift that aha moment to more people all across the world, go ahead and pay it forward. It costs you nothing but it could be priceless to someone who needs it. What would it have on the billboard that everyone could see? Oh, you've got me stumped for this <laughs> because like my mind's just like, but do they need to like learn something or do we need to just like guide mm -hmm. them? Or da, 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 da. Um, Maybe something really simple like kindness is free. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't recognize the impact that their language has on other people and on themselves. Most people are way better at being kind to others than they are themselves too. And then a lot of people are so stuck in their own world that they forget other people also have a world they're experiencing. They're going through things. They're fighting their own demons. They're going through their own battles. When you look at people on the outside and they seem to have all their shit together making money and writing books and on podcasts like you still have no idea what they're going through every day mm -hmm. and um, like I'm not necessarily talking about myself here but I'm giving you an example of not knowing what people are experiencing day to day mm -hmm. and like your kindness can be a survival guide for people your kindness can be the reassurance that someone needs that the world is not conspiring against them and that there are good people out there. Mm -hmm. Your kindness can be something that saves somebody and it's free. And a lot of people have bought into the stories that like the world's out to get them and so why should they bother being nice to everyone when the world is against them and it's such a sad place to live. They would probably find that their world would change and be a lot better too if they gave out a bit of their kindness as well. Mm. So kindness is free. Mm. Give it more and you'll see it comes around as well. Exactly. Because that's the thing as well. Like when we are giving kindness or we are um, expressing gratitude, like it literally changes 
the way our body is composed, like in physical, in energetic, in hormonal and everything. And from a neurological standpoint, like when we put out positive things, we're really giving it back to ourselves Mm. more so than anything else. So is there any last thing you want to share before we sign off for the day? If you're listening and you're feeling inspired. Can I keep going? Yep. If you're listening and there's anything that's resonated with you and you're struggling to look inwards and maybe start your journey of personal development or healing or beginning to create a new life or look at your identity for who you're becoming, like number one, know you're not alone. Like even the work that we're doing in this space here, it's like they call it personal development, Mm -hmm. not personal developed for a reason. And so you might feel that although you're listening to podcasts like this to get educated and informed, like we're no different to you. We're working on our own um, limitations and blocks and know like you're so not alone in that experience. And that also then gives you the opportunity to reach out to people to get support and know that you don't have to figure it all out on your own. And Mm -hmm. that's one thing I wish I did a lot earlier was like, hey, Nikki, like, you don't have to be misindependent and figure it all out on your own. Mm-hmm. It's okay to ask for help. So if you're listening and you want some guidance, of course, my, my space is always open, but it doesn't have to be my space. Just reach out to anyone and ask for help, ask for support, ask for mentorship and mm-hmm. guidance. Amazing. Thank you so much, guys. I hope you've gotten value. If you have, find the subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. Leave five stars. We need you guys to spread this message. It is only spread by word of mouth. So this is a a community effort from all you guys. I'm doing my absolute best to give you guys what you need to excel in life. And if you could help spread the message, I'd be forever grateful. Thank you guys so much. Peace. (laughs) Yay, yay. Thanks for having me.